You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 170. Kelly Albright was saved in Sin City. Welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I am so excited and grateful that you are here. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you for downloading, for listening, and for sharing with your friends. If you haven't had a chance to do that recently, hey, you got some holiday gatherings coming up. Tell a friend, tell a family member about Halfway There and how much you enjoy it. And uh, just get their phone out. Subscribe to the show for them. They will get uh, they'll get downloads uh, automatically and notifications uh, mean a lot to me. Uh, okay, I want to tell you about this episode because it is an interesting one, um, and I think uh, I think it just needs a little bit of a of a uh, a, a warning. So not a, not we don't talk about anything graphic or bad, um, but we do talk about spiritual warfare. And so a couple things. Number one, I am not an expert in spiritual warfare. That's not not the world that I inhabit, but you'll hear me say in this episode, I think we do have to take the spiritual dimension seriously. And so that's one reason that I'm I'm interested in sharing this story with you. Uh, we have to take that we have to take spiritual warfare uh, seriously. It happens to Jesus, it happens to the apostles, and I think we we are uh, remiss if we don't at least uh, understand that it can happen. Okay. Um, but that means that some of the stuff is a little bit out there and not in a, not terribly weird. Um, but yeah, a little, a little bit. And so my guest is going to talk about some of those things. Um, and all I want from you is I want you to just listen with an open mind and ask the Lord, uh, what about that? What about that? And if you take it to him and listen, um, I have no doubt one that he'll, he'll take care of you and, and you can, you can move on. Um, and you'll you'll know what what to do, uh, and two that he's just um, you know that won't won't rattle you too much. Um, definitely interesting, interesting stuff. I'm not gonna not gonna lie, um, but here's why I wanted to share this story with you because uh, this our guest today is an old friend of mine from my old job. Uh, we worked together for years, and we talk a little bit about that and how I knew her, um, and the difference between the, that time and today where she is, but. It's so uh, gratifying and interesting. In fact, make sure you listen all the way to the end because at the end, I share with our guest a story about um, about how she kind of, well, I want to give it away. Just listen to the end because there's an interesting story that I share with her. Okay, that's it. I just want to give you that little small disclosure about what was coming in this episode. So our guest today is an old friend. Her name is Kelly Albright, and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. Here it is. Kelly, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you so much, Erica. I'm really excited to be here. I am glad to to have you here and just make the connection. I can't wait to hear all about your story. So let's um, let's dive in. We we had started to talk before. Uh, really, you got to know kind of your background in order to understand when when you came to Christ. So let's do that. Um, you know you. Tell us about what it was like kind of growing up and where you were, um, kind of where you were with God there. 
Sure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, my, my life growing up was not remarkable. Um, I would say I was an average sinner and worldly person, um, growing up in the seventies and eighties, I'm 52 years old. And, um, my early influences were mostly (laughs) TV and movies. Uh, I didn't have uh, exposure to Christ, uh, to speak of, I think the only time that I was ever in a church was if somebody died or got married. Uh, So, you know, and there was one Bible in my house, and I remember picking it up uh, and putting it down with fascination a few times as a child, but never reading it. Um, You know, flash forward to... Well, I want to ask about that, actually. What was it that you were... Were you attracted to it? Were you... Like, what was that? Um. I would say the power of it, uh, yeah. I mean, I think any Bible I've ever even looked at had a sense of power about it. And um, it scared me. I would say I was afraid to come to the truth. Uh, because, I, you know, and the Bible talks about our, our sin nature and our, our uh, bent towards sin and rebellion. And we don't really want to come to the realization that there's a a god who's all powerful and all knowing and and who who knows what's best for us and and wants to be in charge um so you know i um i stayed away from it but all the while i think that i could have called myself an atheist slash agnostic whatever that means um you know, we all know, we all know the truth deep down that, that there is a creator that, mm. um, you know, the myth of primordial soup and yeah. <laughs> all of the, uh, you know, lies of, of, uh, our existence by chance are, are just that. Um, and so there's this longing, there's this longing for God that we all have. And, and, um, it it was just undeniable my my whole life um so i was you know an average unhappy person i had a lot of relationships um married and divorced and um you know as i was just saying to you before we had some uh <laughs> technology challenges i was a blaspheming god hater with a trucker mouth and um you know, I was just really hateful towards anything having to do with Christ. Um, and flash forward to, you know, 2012, um, I was really sick with digestive problems that traditional medicine couldn't help me with. So I went to a really powerful medical intuitive in 2012 in Colorado. Um, she's very popular. She's a very wealthy person. And um, I thought that she was going to tell me a little bit about, oh, I sense this or I feel that about your body and maybe there's some supplements you need to take. Um, that's not what happened. What she did was take me into uh, a quiet room and gave me a reading. She's a, a medium. And she practiced necromancy, which is forbidden in the Bible. Oh, yeah. What were you thinking when that was happening? Uh, I was thinking that she was in touch with God. 
because I was completely spiritually ignorant. Mm. And she, and this is what I want to warn people about that mediumship is real. Um, it's biblical. And, you know, when the New Testament talks about Paul casting a spirit of divination out of a woman, um, that's the truth. And, and you know, I can definitely go into the explanation of how mediumship works at another time, but I want people to understand that it's a combination of truth and lies. So when you watch the Long Island medium on TV and she's able to tell people what they ate for breakfast that day or that they put the um, locket that grandma gave them on with the purple stone and the pink cord uh, that no one could possibly have known about. That's the truth. Um, and and uh, the rest of it is lies. So this is how we know it's from Satan. He loves to rip off and counterfeit everything that the real God does. Um, you know, we, we do get prophecy as uh, believers, but it's not something that we get to call up God and say, hey, God, give me a Give me a, a message that is for my benefit or my profit. <laughs> you know, yeah. he he gives us what he wants us to know, and that's what we get. Uh, so mediumship is, like I said, a, a combination of of truth and lies, and it's extremely dangerous. Yeah. So you're you're thinking, okay, there's something spiritual here, and you're going to go and get some maybe some spiritual healing or something from this medium. What what happened in that? In that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I thought she was channeling my dead grandmother and she told me lots of things about my family and things about my past, traumatic uh, things that happened um, that uh, I had never told anyone. I told, I think my ex-husband um, once <laughs> uh, and never repeated to anyone ever again. So, wow. uh, yeah, so, so this is from monitoring spirits and they are real and they, they do watch us. And, um, so they can take advantage of people who are messing around with necromancy and, uh, and give you messages that you think are from your deceased relative when that's, that's not biblical. Yeah. Uh, you know, God's very clear that, uh, you know, Spirits of the dead, they're they're gone. You know, the only time I think there's only one exception to that in the Bible when we we hear about Saul going to the medium and conjuring up Samuel, and of course God allows this so Samuel can come back and basically chew him out for being right. disobedient. Yeah, Sam was kind of funny there. He's like, "What are you doing? Why are you disturbing me?" Which is very right, like very funny. Yeah, exa exactly, exactly, right. And so this is where we need to know the difference between, uh, you know, what God gives us as practice as believers versus something that is uh, a story used to illustrate a point. Right. But anyway, that's uh, that's going off into another direction. So back to my story, which is. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of good results. I got a lot of physical healing. And um, she would do this practice with me, which is called grounding. Um, and so in the New Age and in a lot of spiritual traditions, 
there's this, the current language is called energy work. And so you're receiving an energy that's going through your body, through your nervous system. And there are many different ways to receive it. And there are, you know, again, this is the devil using a cheap copy of what God does. It's it's similar to laying on of hands. The problem is what is being imparted to you is demons. <laughs> and it's not it's not a, a detached energy that you could just get to take dip your ladle in and take a drink of. These are beings that are attaching themselves to your soul and taking over. They are influencing you. Um, they're manipulating you uh, into believing all kinds of stuff and, and uh, you know, all kinds of lusts and, and evil things. So the, that's what happened to me uh, with this medium. And so when you see these charismatic churches who think they are worshiping God, if you see people who are drunk in the spirit, slain in the spirit, if they cannot stop laughing, that is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is clean and detached. He gives you love and comfort that feels very much like a parent. And the Holy Spirit leaves you with a feeling of sound mind and choice. Um, God never forces himself on us. Uh, he leaves us with the choice to follow him and obey or not and and suffer the consequences. Um, the Kundalini spirit will, I, I mean, I, I did a lot of drugs when I was a young person. I, you know, I did I opium, I smoked opium, I did cocaine, I smoked pot, all kinds of stuff. I always and assumed I could, you had a wild past. Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Just, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, it wasn't too hard to to intuit, right, Eric? Given the, the <laughs> much of the language that came out of my mouth, which is horrifying to think about now. So, did you? Sorry. So, did this, some of the stuff happen sorry. as a result of that? Um, you know, talking to this medium this or medium? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, it led me down a path because there was such what I, the reason I was bringing up drugs is because there's such a high that comes from these uh, demons. I mean, they can make you feel um, like you have, you know, are you, you're having an opiate-type experience. So this is the danger, and this is why people get hooked on all this stuff. Yoga, same thing. The problem is when you... Um, start meditating Eastern style, transcendental meditation, kundalini meditation, yoga, what you are doing is inviting in demons. They attach to you. And um, there are studies that show that even though, uh, you know, Eastern style meditation is being lauded as the way to calm and peaceful, uh, you know, mental state, uh, in fact, there uh, is a secular gal who I think she's agnostic or atheist that I read recently, um, and she's saying she's a psychologist that um, the you know psych wards are filling up with people who do yoga, 
because the kundalini spirit comes in and it's the spirit of madness you start feeling high initially you get addicted to that and as you go deeper and deeper into meditation your um, sense of self starts to dissolve and you you experience psychosis so this is the danger of these practices and it is not of god yeah how'd that go for you so what was that so you've thought you were getting better you were seeing some results yeah physically in a lot of ways i was getting better and when these demons were imparted to me there were times when i felt um euphoric, like I said, like being on drugs. And so it's very addictive. And you think because you feel better that it must be uh, from God. And yet my life is falling apart. My financial life is falling apart. Um, You know, I'm, I was suicidal uh, in 20, 2015. By the time 2015 rolled around, because I was so broke. I was so broken emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, I, I went back to San Diego from Colorado thinking I could recapture the good old days with a lot of old friends who had moved on, no longer cared much about me. And, um, I remember when you left, cause you, because, so we worked together and you were yeah. like, came in and were like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah. What was going on with you during that period? Is that this that's this period, right? Or a little before maybe? Absolutely, yes. Um, I was lonely, I was miserable, and I just felt so isolated in Colorado. My health was bad, so I never slept well because I have gut health problems. And when your gut is not right, then your brain can't relax enough for you to sleep and have um you know, normal REM cycles. Plus I just from loneliness and isolation, uh, you know, I just, and I didn't have the physical energy to go out and build relationships with people. And um, so it was, it was just a really difficult time and I didn't have any family in Colorado. Um, So, but, you know, I look at all of it now and it's all worked out to God's glory, because if I wouldn't have gone through everything that I went through and become so broken and miserable and seeing how, you know, pursuing your own lusts and your own passions in your life is the road to hell while you're here and, and in the afterlife, you know, when you, when you live life without God, there is a lack of peace that, um, there's just, you know, it's just the truth of it. Yeah. Um, We're all seeking. Well, I think it matters a lot. Um, what your motive is, right? Because there, there is a, there is some value to knowing yourself and knowing who God made you to be and becoming that person. Um, and yet without Christ, that's, that's really just a self aggrandizement journey. Right. Amen. Um, in Christ, find so the way I like to put it is finding yourself in Christ is a whole different deal. That yeah. is, uh, you know, we can you can call it whatever you want, but that is this process of, of finding um, really the joy that you're meant to have in a relationship with God. Definitely. Yeah. 
Okay, so you're so you've given us this picture. Kind of things are falling apart. You leave Colorado. You go to San Diego, mm-hmm. and find okay, there's nothing really here. It sounds like. Well, yes, and I had a lot of crazy experiences. Though I continued on with my spiritual pursuit. I went to a spirit spiritist church, which is, um, you know, <laughs> it's it's just an occult church. Period. Um, you know, I, I did channeling, I did tarot, I did, um, all kinds of verboten practices Mm -hmm. in the Bible. I mean, really evil stuff, uh, again, not realizing. And, um, I mixed that with some Hindu practices. Uh, I received a Diksha many times. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that's a Hindu version of a benediction, a blessing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, I had a past life vision, and this is how powerful demons are. They can fool you into believing that you're seeing a vision of yourself in a past life. I saw hieroglyphs. I knew nothing about Egyptology. I became super fascinated with it, tried to, you know, was learning about it. Um, I mean, it was, it was very, very real. And this is, you know, the way that the deception works. So when people are saying they've had past life visions, they're getting information Mm. about things. um, These things are really happening. So I I think that's that's what happened to me. A really great point. Cause I think many Christians are tempted to go just write that off as being crazy or weird. Um, yeah, and it's not. <laughs> no, and I think, I think if we believe the Bible at all, if you believe even you know, Jesus has these encounters with people, it's easy to write some some of them off maybe as mental illness or something. Um, but I think we have to be a little bit aware, or maybe a lot aware, of the fact that there is a spiritual dimension in the world. And that Jesus encounters these things, Paul and Peter encounter these things. And so we have to be judicious and smart, but also, um, you know, not unaware. And that's, that is a trap. What's the line from um, the usual suspects, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled Amen. is yep. convincing the world he didn't exist. I think that's from, that's, that's from that's Kevin Spacey. It is from the usual suspects. It is, but it's from, there's, I think it's somebody else. I think it's like a saint somewhere, but. Anyway, ah. that, that's uh, it's that's true. It's it really is true. So I appreciate you kind of bringing that up. I I don't think we should take them uh, when people talk about these kinds of things uh, or just dismiss them at all. I think we need to be thinking about that. So where did that lead you? Because you take take us into kind of how you st- yes. started to find so- Christ. So I so the way that I came to Christ, well, I was a big fan, and and I think I feel comfortable definitely mentioning the name of Doreen Virtue. So Doreen Virtue was arguably the the most successful, just purely New Age author who was all about the New Age circuit. Um, maybe with the exception of a couple people, we're not talking about the Oprah level of people like Eckhart Tolle and all that kind of junk. But um, Doreen Virtue is the, was the angel lady and she did divination Mm. and she's a very sweet person. 
uh, very gentle personality type. And so I was very attracted to that because little would anyone know <laughs> with my exter- my exterior, you know, this constructed personality that I'm actually very sensitive. I'm very soft-hearted. Um, the one thing that would stand out about me as a little kid was the number of tears that I cried, that, uh, how much I always despised, um, at least for, (laughs) for an average unsaved person despised, um, cruelty of any kind. So, Yeah. yeah. So I was very attracted to her work and she did divination with tarot cards, but she turned them into angel cards. Uh, and so I was a follower of hers and she, um, was raised Christian scientist, which is of course not Christian at all. Right. But, uh, she said she had been getting guidance, you know, and urging to read the entire Bible for many years and resisted it. Uh, and she decided to make a card deck about Jesus. So she decided to read the Bible and she made this card deck with scriptures and with images of what she thought Christ would look like. Um, and her brother is a devout Christian born again, has a prison ministry, um, And I believe that he was praying for her constantly and for all of her followers. So the very day in January of 2017, when she, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but she was at an Episcopal church, uh, you know, because that's where she was. Yeah. uh, And her, you know, development, um, she had read the Bible and she was watching this woman receive some type of award for her volunteer work. And all of a sudden everything disappeared and she had a vision of Christ who came to her and she knew in an instant that he was the true and living God that she wanted to fall on her face and worship, but she was just so shocked. She said it pushed her back in her chair And she knew within five minutes, oh boy, I'm in big trouble. Uh, I need to give up all this stuff. Uh, You know, Jesus is the truth, the way and the life, as he says. And um, people are going to hate me because I'm going to convert. There's no, there's no going back. Um, And that very, uh, this is going to make me cry again. Um, that that very same day, I had a dream of Christ, and He came to me in a dream, and um, I was shocked, and I couldn't um, I couldn't believe the amount of love that I felt that He has wow. for me and, and you, for all of us. You you don't have to if you don't want to, but what was the dream? Oh, no, I'll definitely share all of the details. This is so important. Um, So it wasn't wasn't him in in such a physical presence, you know, like in three dimensions. It was more of an image of what he looks like in all of the Catholic paintings with the um, Sacred Heart and 
the glowing red rays coming out of his heart, his hands outstretched uh, towards all of us and just hovering above and showing me all of the love. And, and then at the same time, all of the heaviness because uh, of the way that we reject him. Um, the sorrow and the pain over that was very real and was felt very fully. Um, and I, I cried for probably two weeks nonstop. I just couldn't, I couldn't get over it. And I immediately, you know, having been a big heavy metal fan and, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin fan, ACDC, uh, hip hop, all of the dirtiest, filthiest hip hop. That was all my favorite. And I immediately couldn't listen to secular music anymore. I just stopped. It sounded so desperate and miserable to me. Um, so I, I shifted to Christian radio instantly. And there's a huge Christian radio station um, here in Vegas. And I have to, I have to laugh about being saved in Sin City. <laughs> you know, do you love it? I do. It happens yeah. all the time. We just never get to hear that story. Right, right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I just knew that Christ was real, but I still wasn't born again. Um, and I didn't know, you know, I I was getting this urging to go to church and, you know, I couldn't, I just couldn't settle on, on a church and I kept kind of resisting. And I went, and eventually I went back to my Reiki and Reiki is similar to, um, it's, it's a type of energy work. It's a type of laying on of hands. That's all demonic. Yeah. Um, it's Japanese, but anyway, uh, did that stuff and, um, you know, listening to heavy metal, listening to hip hop and trying to have a good old time and still couldn't feel quite right about it. Uh, so I bought this package of Reiki healing MP3s and, um, it helped me sort of because I always had panic attacks. That's one thing I always struggled with was anxiety and of course, that was getting worse uh, with the back and forth with all of this demonic stuff that I was doing that I, I didn't realize. It, it, that's a whole other Oprah, but we'll get into that some <laughs> other time. But um, it's the sort of seesaw that you go on when you're doing Reiki or Hindu practices or yoga. Um, and that's the devil's way of getting you hooked on the hooked on it and coming back to it because it works temporarily and it's just like doing drugs. Uh, anyway, so I um, I went back to this stuff and for whatever reason I couldn't feel well for whatever reason because God's hand was on me uh, I couldn't feel settled about it and as I was receiving this Reiki quote, energy healing through an MP3, um, I closed my eyes and I was trying to get out of my anxiety. And I said, Lord, very quietly, a, a, an inaudible whisper, I said, Lord, if you're okay with what I'm doing, if you are the truth and the way and the life, you show me, you show me right now. 
I fell asleep and I had the most terrifying demonic dreams all night long. I was attacked spiritually. The violence that was done to me in the spirit and the graphic and disgusting nature of everything that happened to me um, was absolutely terrifying. So these demons knew the jig was up and they were going to put the beat down on me. And God wanted me to see the evil uh, of these beings and how they really feel about humanity and how they feel about God by allowing me to suffer uh, and go through these beatings and assaults. um, It was really terrifying. So I got up in the morning, I got up in the morning and started throwing out um, immediately started the sanctification process throughout my, um, my dream catcher and my, uh, crystals and my tarot cards and um, every secular and I had CDs so don't laugh but <laughs> <laughs> I had all of the secular music I chucked it uh, it was gone I had to immediately start changing my appearance the way that I dress so I dress very modestly now. And I would say that as you knew me before, I probably would never have been accused of being um, the most inappropriate person when it came to my attire. But I will tell you that God deals with us and pride is a big problem. And that was a big problem for me. I always had this love-hate relationship with being admired for my appearance and also hating people for that at the same time. Mm. Um, because I always felt like, you know, why, why aren't I good enough for who I am and not for my appearance? Yeah. That's interesting. So, Cause there's an inherent, I think we have this deep uh, idea that that's how it should be. Right. We should be cared about because we just exist. Right. Which is what God does. He cares about us just because we are and he made us. Right. Um, And we want other people to do that, which leads us to all kinds of other things. Um, But you're right. I never did think of you as a, you know, you always dressed very modestly. I didn't think you, you were like that at all. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of pride in my appearance. And yet, like I said, a lot of, a lot of hatred towards, towards men in particular. uh, I recall that. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> oh yes, the feminist, uh, the feminist college. Oh yes, yeah. I was deeply indoctrinated. Yes, sir. I sure was. We, we would have, uh, yeah, discussions. Oh man, we'd have all kinds of political talk too. I remember that. Oh yeah, along, definitely. Along that way. Inter- interestingly, I don't know if you've picked this up, but I've completely abandoned the politics stuff, except to say that the church should really just forget that and work on other stuff. Amen. I, I, yeah, I am in total agreement with you there, Eric. Um, yeah. God installs the rulers that he wants. Okay. So go back to your story where, so you were, you know, you can, you throw everything away. Oh yes, You get so rid thank of it you for redirecting me. My job. Yes. So, yep. Thank you, Eric. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sanctifying, I'm throwing out everything and, uh, you know, I'm still having the demonic dreams 
the spiritual warfare is super intense and terrifying. So this goes on for a while? How long did that go on? This, uh, I don't think I slept uh, much for a couple of months. Okay. Slept with the light on and... Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, did you tell was, anybody about this? Yeah, one friend who's a, who's a believer. Yeah, okay. I mean, I told and I told my parents about it. Okay, take us into that because so you were having these dreams for a few months, and I kind of interrupted you. So that's okay. Yeah, so I was having the dreams and um, you know praying, uh, doing deliverance prayers, going through a ton of warfare, and. Um, yeah, it was it was absolutely who, terrifying. Who was doing the? Did you have people doing deliverance for you, or were you? Oh, I used I used uh, YouTube videos. <laughs> there are ministers out there who are true to the faith, um, you know. But this is also something that I want to warn people about as well, uh, especially if you're coming out of a lot of occult stuff. Deliverance, I think, is important because it's real and. Uh, we need to understand, you know, that you need to detach these beings from your soul, from yourself. And um, by the same token, I also think that deliverance ministers can overemphasize over time, um, you know, what is, there are, there are people who kind of are like, uh, everything's an evil spirit. When the Bible tells us the thing that we're warring against most is our flesh. <laughs> so we need to be responsible for our own sin uh, and know that God gives us a choice all the time, all day, every day, uh, whether to follow him and be obedient, be submitted um, versus, you know, trying to believe that you're going to get out of your sin nature, that you're going to not feel temptation, you will struggle with that your whole life. That's just the truth of it. And, um, you know, that there's a difference between willful habitual sin versus, you know, dropping a brick on your toe and uttering a four letter word. Um, you know, so I would never do that. I know you wouldn't, Eric. No, you I know have you no would. idea. N not you. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, okay. So, what I'm wondering is, so you, so you were doing these deliverance prayers, right? Yeah. Okay, and then getting some success and some healing out of that. Yeah. Yeah, and things, and then things have calmed down a great deal since then. Um, I worked what? with a biblical counselor. Okay. When was that? Um, so, uh, I mean, over time, over a period of about six months, things started settling down and I, you know, I think one of the important things that we need to recognize is, you know, resist the devil and he will flee. Mm, amen. Um, and as we are, as we are being obedient, um, you know, deliverance will come as a result of, of being obedient uh, you know, I think for the most part. So what we call deliverance, you know, that's, that's an important thing to, uh, understand. Are we, are demons leaving, you know, as a result of prayer, as a result of, um, casting out, you know, what is casting out? What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can, we can look at Christ's temptation. Would you call that a form of deliverance? 
yeah, you could. Could you look at, uh, you know, the demonic, the demoniac in the Bible when, you know, oh, Christ yeah. casts out the the demons into the swine? Um, yeah. So I think that you know, either or both, whatever works, whatever the Lord is giving you guidance towards, you know, look to Him. And I would say also that, you know, I want to be careful and be a good steward of my own testimony that I'm not a mature believer. This has Mm -hmm. been barely over a year for me. And I would encourage everyone always to go to God's word, always to go to him for what the truth is and never get too caught up in following a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, Ultimately, no matter how, how strong in the word of the faith that they are. Yeah. Amen. I totally agree with that. One of my, um, objectives, I guess, with the show is to share uh, the stories of different people at different stages of the journey. Yeah. Um, so we try to talk about everything because when when I was growing up, it was always the testimony was my life was terrible. I found Jesus, and now my life is great. Right. Yeah. And it was oh. always that kind of, which is true. Oh, no. Yeah. It's not yeah. true, except there's all the rest of the stuff that happens. Right. So we, we go through all kinds of things. There's a, there's a dark night of the soul. There's a spiritual desert. God sometimes seems to withdraw, although he's always there. Right. Um, that happens. And so I wanted to talk about that in this show and we do very often, but it's perfectly okay with me um, to speak to somebody like yourself, who's new in the journey as well, because we get to, we get to look and go, okay, um, first of all, all that stuff you were into is really fascinating. And, um, the fact that you're, um, dealing with that in a biblical way now is really pretty, pretty astounding and gives us a little bit of insight into that. And it's really, I mean, God's, God's really faithful. That's really amazing that he delivered you from, uh, things that you were looking to, and you weren't really even looking for him. No, and I, that's one thing that's important uh, to testify to, Eric. When we when we understand who's really converted and who's not, um, you know, what stands out to me is that they uh, are not looking for him. <laughs> yep. You know, they're resisting. They're you know they're saying, "Oh, not me." You know, God comes to Paul, right. and uh, after he's killing Christians and saying, you know, why are you, why are you coming after me like this, Paul? Right. Right. And, and, uh, Paul, Paul is, uh, you know, shocked and dismayed and comes to the realization there's stories over and over again. And this is what people I think need to see as an earmark of a real convert that God comes after you uh, you're not going after him. It's not Amen. an intellectual thing. It's not reading the Bible and saying, you know, oh, I like going to church and having a potluck on Sunday. I want to meet quote unquote nice people to fellowship with. That's great. And and I would encourage you to always continue if this is what God has called you to, but that is not conversion. You know, there's only, I, and I remember growing up in and hearing and about, oh, that person's a born-again Christian. Like that's some <laughs> weird one-off thing. When when you read the Bible, that's the only Christian. Right, totally. That's, yeah. Yeah. So did you end up having like a particular moment or was just sort of, okay, you're, 
you saw Jesus and you're kind of moving toward him and getting rid of all the other stuff. Did you have later uh, a kind of like recognition, I'm submitting myself to God or is that? Ah, uh, yes. Um, well, it was the question, are you the truth, the way and the life? Yeah. And when the demons attacked, then I, I was like, well, not much choice in this matter. <laughs> the answer is yes, you are. <laughs> These are your options. There you go. Pick. Oh, you know, yeah. Either, either life with me and obedience and love, uh, versus, you know, um, to evil and you know satisfaction of your flesh. This is this is what you get to pick, lady. Yeah. And this is what's coming for you if you uh, choose wrong. Wow. So here you go. He let he let me see the truth. And um, yeah, it was it was terrifying and it was a blessing at the same time. Uh, and I think that you know the prosperity teachers. This is the other thing. Like you said, people get taught. You know your your life is great when you come to the Lord. Um, it is spiritually, and and <laughs> Christ also promises that people will hate your guts. Right. You know they'll reject you. They'll mock you. Uh, because you don't get to be greater than your master and people reject God. So yeah, well, they, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to reject you. They executed him in the most horrific way possible. And so yeah. we should not be surprised if we encounter similar uh, kinds of opposition and be thankful that that's not where we end up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, the spiritual journey definitely is not, it's not all ups. There are ups, but there, it's not all of that. And I think that's that's one of the things I'm trying to say to our, our friends. Um, okay, so I love that. What Where are you now and where do you see kind of your relationship with the Lord going from here? Um, well, continuing in the Word, I think the thing that I got right away, right off the bat is, don't go to church right away. Be alone with me, with the word. And I want you to all to myself. I want you to be isolated uh, for two reasons. Number one, I want that relationship with you. And number two, you're going to have to um, develop a high tolerance for isolation, um, mm. you know, and for whatever the reason is. And granted, I've always had a high level of tolerance for isolation compared to most people. Um, but it's a it's a whole different level when you come to the Lord and you realize uh, all of the distractions and evil influence just being alone yeah. uh, that come up. Um so if you can if you can be alone with God, pray, submit, read the word. Uh, if you can fast, if you can sacrifice for him, then this is the foundation that he's building for you. That it, you know, there was a book written, I think probably 10 or 15 years ago, maybe 20, I don't know, I'm so old now. <laughs> uh, right? that it's called the love languages, you know, oh, yeah. and it's, and, uh, and so I was talking to a sister not too long ago and I said, you know, that, that old book, the love languages. And I said, God's love language is sacrifice. And, uh, you know, so if we could, you know, include Christ in there, you need to, you need to know how to, how to give it up. 
give yeah. it up for him. And uh, that's what he wants. He wants everything, everything. And we need to know that, you know, this is where prosperity te- teachers can be really dangerous. You know, does the does the Lord give us blessings here in, in the natural world on, on the earth? Sure he does. And can we see what his fate is for us? Uh, you know, especially here in the West. And that's that's the danger. We can really fall easily into the idea that, you know, well, God wants us all to have money and a big house and great, perfect health and a high position in a, you know, in, in life and uh, have a lot of social, worldly social influence. And, um, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. We're in the West, you know, and like I said, that's the danger. But you look at Christians, you know, all over the world who are being executed yeah. for staying faithful. So if you think that, uh, you know, you can follow one of these false teachers who says God, God wants you rich and God wants you healthy, I mean— Woe to you. <laughs> yeah, I think for, for me, the hard part with all that, because I, I don't subscribe to any of that at all, there is no promise, like we said earlier, that our life yeah. is going to be great after after we come to the faith. In fact, it's probably going to have more challenges. But uh, the gospel is about today. And so this is where I get a little bit, like, it, it feels weird to me. So um, because, like, so I always go back to this. When Jesus is asked by John's disciples, are you the one we should look for? How does he answer that? What he says, he didn't say, look at my teaching, look at, you know, look at all the stuff. He says, no, <laughs> right. the, the blind see, yeah, the lame walk, uh, and good news is preached to the poor, right? Yeah. So those are the, those are the measures of the kingdom coming. That's what it looks like. And so there is deliverance, there is healing, there is good news, uh, but that doesn't, that's in God's upside down economy, right? It doesn't always look like. Uh, the kinds of things that we would like it to be here, <laughs> mansions and, and airplanes uh, or whatever. So, yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. The I think the prosperity gospel is a twisting of that kingdom truth. For sure. Which is Absolutely. the hard part because there's always a kernel of truth. And so it's like, ah, you gotta, that's why yeah. it requires discernment. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's that's the devil's work. And he always likes to, you know, he he likes to try to reel us in, too. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say my my prayer every day is, you know, Lord, show me what you want me to do today. Uh, that's that's the, the prayer that I pray every day. And thank you for letting me live through the day. Thank you for keeping me safe to and from work. Uh, you know, I mean, cause he can, he's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants with, with anyone he wants. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we just need to have reverence for that at all times. Yeah. Kelly, I absolutely love hearing you say that. Yeah. Amen. It's awesome. Um, okay. So something I want a story I want to share with you. Yeah, because uh, you don't know this. Uh, it was a, a couple a couple years ago. Uh, I, so I don't know if you know. I, I was working in pay no pay, which oh. for our, for our friends um, is they would <laughs> we would look at uh, checks and see whether or not we needed to bounce them. Uh, I'll tell you this other the rest of that story some other time. But 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm working in pay no pay and I was, uh, okay. but you came across my desk. Okay. And, uh, I was like, oh, yes. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it's Kelly. Oh, it's Kelly. And I knew, I knew it was you because we talked that you were in, uh, you know, near, near Vegas. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is, wow. So what, what can I do? And, um, I actually went, I don't know if you, I don't know if I should tell you this, but I hope this is not weird. Uh, but, I don't care. Okay, I went in and I have I, no shame well, anymore. All right, Erica. good. What yeah. I did is I, I was broke and desperate. It was you bad. were, <laughs> and yeah. I I reversed a couple of fees so that I could pay an item. I don't remember what it was. Who knows? Um, which I was empowered to do, and I just but I I did that because I felt like um, you know obviously I knew you, but I I thought man I just want like I, I just felt kind of moved to to yeah. help you. And so I did. And then I said, okay, I'm going to just make, make sure that Kelly's okay. And so I would once in a while feel moved to just go and, and check up on you. And yeah. once in a while you, you pop up on my screen or whatever. Um, but I, or I would just go and I feel like I need to do that. And I would pray for you during those times. Um, oh, wow. Just, just, and not, you know, not a lot, not all the time, not even in depth. You know how it is you're working, right? Just, yeah. just a God, I want you to be with, with Kelly. I'd love to see her know you. Um, so when you told me that you had come to faith, that was the first thing I thought of. And I went, wow. So wow. God, and I felt the Lord just say to me, um, just, just gently, you know, in that kind of way that he does, uh, see, I answer prayer. <laughs> what sis? What, what see, was it? He said, "See, I answer prayer." Oh, <laughs> is that amazing? Of course, it's amazing. Yeah, so that's incredible, Eric. That just really encouraged me, and I, I was, I could not. I mean, I believe it, but I just was amazed at it. Um. Yeah. And so, I love what the Lord's done in your life. I love that He's He's leading to you. I think, yeah, it's early in your journey, but that's fantastic um and i'm glad that that you know him and that you're walking with him amen me too (laughs) all right so hopefully i don't get in trouble for it i can't now because i don't work there anymore so yeah yeah right no kidding no kidding (laughs) anyway uh all right kelly thanks so much for sharing your story with us i think god is the lord is powerful and he's always on the move and your story is proof Amen, Eric. Thank you so much for the time.